0: Welcome to Thinking Too Hard About Anime, an anime discussion podcast. It's a little bit of history, a little bit of analysis, and a lot of over-examining the Japanese cartoons we love so much. I'm your co-host, Noah Carden, and joining me as always is... Aaron J. Shelton. And we are are back for our third episode of the season, uh, where we are here to talk about the next four episodes of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Those episodes being Episode 5, Ray Beyond the Heart, also known as Ray 1, Showdown in Tokyo 3, also known as Ray 2, The Works of Man, also known as A Human Work, and Asuka Arrives in Japan, a.k.a. Asuka Strikes. And yeah, this is, uh, I think, just kind of an overall assessment. I, I actually really like this bundle of episodes.
1: Yeah, I also think this is a, a good group. Uh, I mean, you're the one that proposed this th- this format, so well done. Um, I didn't know that the fan that the fan base had arcs laid out. Uh, so we are seeing the end of the opening arc or the uh, prologue arc and we're going into the action uh, with episode 8 we go into the action arc. It's more Yeah, an with- of the week thing.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say like episode eight on for a bit kind of turns into a a monster of the week kind of thing where every episode there's suddenly an angel and it becomes like, how do we solve this problem kind of deal? But uh, yeah, like I I never really looked to see if there was like, I guess sort of a fan consensus on uh, on arcs or anything like that. I just noticed that like when we were first discussing how we're going to do this. Uh, I just kind of looked at all the episodes and looked at like the the brief like paragraph long synopsis for each episode and was like, okay, yeah, this kind of makes sense. This kind of makes sense. And it breaks down yeah. into like four episode chunks pretty easily.
1: Yeah, it it the whole thing does seem like a uh, the series as a whole does pretty easily follow this uh, kind of screen play sort of structure where it's kind of broken up into these fourths. Um, so, like the when we get into Oscar arriving, it's definitely more of a beginning. Oh, first half of second act. You're having all the fun and action bits. Kind of the promise of a giant robot series is is finally being shown. Because mm-hmm. um, we have a, not all the world building <laughs> done uh, in the in these first seven. But no, I think I agree. It's a, it, this is a really good chunk of episodes. And it's really finding its stride.
0: Yeah. So uh, I, think, I think we should just kind of hop in, don't you?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Okay. So uh, for our first episode, Ray One, as it's known in, in English, uh, it is directed by Keiichi Sugiyama, mm-hmm. written by Hideaki Ano and Akio Satsukawa, and storyboarded by Junichi Sato. It's sort of our our more thoughtful episode of the two Ray episodes this block, where um, we we get more of a in-depth look at, uh, at Ray and kind of her relationships to everybody. It starts twenty two days prior to uh, the end of the the last episode. So we are jumping back before, Shinji has even arrived in in Tokyo 3 at Nerv headquarters, um, where we see uh, Ray is doing some tests in Unit Zero, um, to which uh, it has a reaction, begins to go berserk. So they pull the plug on on the Ava and wait for its battery to run down. But while they're doing that, the plug ejects and. Um, Ray is basically put into a, a dangerous situation. You know, they're not sure, like, what happened to her. So Gendo, surprisingly, goes to her rescue, um, singes his hands. Actually, I, I, I think singes might even be a little too late. Like, he, like, severely burns his hands there's, trying to open the plug. There, there's uh, steam coming from his mitts when he's Yes. Uh, in the... So, I'm just going to preface that we did not manage to get the second bundle of manga for this. So some of these Mm. later episodes, we don't have a, a manga version of it, but uh, for the Ray episodes, one and two, um, those are in that first volume. And when we see what his hands look like afterwards, it's much more serious looking in, (laughs) in the manga version. They actually look like scarred and deformed a little bit. Um, But yes, uh, Gendo manages to, rescue Ray like he goes to like check on her and I guess the Avas are just like super super hot inside because it is just like absolutely steamy he burns his hands um, his glasses his old glasses fall off and they sort of like melt and crack in the heat of of the, the plug um, but from there uh, we learn that Ray kind of gets sort of an admiration of Gendo that sort of becomes like one of the major plot lines throughout this episode. Um, we do get to see later that the, uh, Ava unit zero has been sort of encased in this material they call bake light. It's different from real world Bakelite, which is a sort of like a resin kind of material. Um, this is a much more of a like spray goop thing that then hardens to restrain stuff. Um, We'll see this here and there throughout the series, but this is the main time we see it. Um It has hardened and the, the Ava is just like stuck in this position. They're trying to like excavate it out. Um, And we see that the plug port in the back of the Ava is um like secured or it's also been, I guess it's been plugged with a, like a crucifix kind of thing. Like I guess show mm-hmm. it's out of order, just more kind of like, hey, this looks cool kind of uh, kind of stuff going on.
1: Uh, Here, this, this whole front section uh, mm-hmm. is really cool because I think there are little details like that that show kind of the, the very otaku thinking about how things would work in the real world. So when mm-hmm. oh, uh, Unit 0 goes berserk, uh, you see the umbilical power cable drop but mm-hmm. there are, like, retro rockets on it, so it doesn't completely just go kathunk on the ground. It, like, has a little... It it, it falls, break, air breaks a little bit, then falls down. Um, like, the way the plug, the entry plug, shoots out of the Ava mm-hmm. through its rockets and just... Uh, you know, like how you let a balloon go as a kid, uh-huh. and it's, like, yeah. hits a corner and just gets stuck? It was like that. Just these little touches... Are really cool to see as they're trying to think logically about these half people, half robot giants.
0: Yeah, it's 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 really really neat the fact that they think about it and it adds like you know when the plug gets ejected and is like boosting into like that corner of the room it's it's horrifying. Like just the fact that they have thought out that much detail um, just really kind of amplifies the the scary nature of what's actually going on. So, so in some voiceover, we learned from Ritsuko and Masato uh, that Ray's past has been erased. Like nobody knows anything about her. Um, she is just the first child. She is the first person that they have for uh, the Evangelion-like project. Um, but nobody really knows like where she came from or anything like that. Um, Ritsuko does sort of start to get an idea of something, but. She just kind of has like that an internal kind of a revelation about something, but doesn't actually say what it is. So it's kind of a mystery for now. So we, we see uh them recovering the remains of Shamshul as uh <laughs> there's a, a giant like chalk outline over the Evangelion landed. <laughs> uh it's very funny to me. Um But it also kind of gives you a sense of scale, especially when you see like the buildings they've built up around Shamshell for the recovery process and like how big they are on the inside uh, gives you a really good sense of scale of like how big all of these things are. Um, A lot of the body of Shamshell has been managed to be recovered, but the core was severely damaged. So they only get like little bits of it. Um, But Shinji notices Gendo. Going to check on it uh, and sees that his hands are burned. Um, to which uh, Ritzko relates the story of, like, "Hey, your your dad rescued Ray from the, the berserking Ava," and it just kind of shocks Shinji. In the dub, he says it's bullshit. Which Shinji <laughs> getting away with the spicy language? <laughs> you are fourteen, sir. <laughs> you're you're in a he's in the military. It's fine yeah yeah
1: exactly the paramilitary um, sorry
0: <laughs> uh we also learned that the angels are seemingly made up of diff- a different kind of matter but the way that it is kind of aligned uh matches to about ninety eight, ninety nine point eight nine 99.89 percent that of humans so the angels are made of different stuff but they are very human-like in sort of form i guess um yeah, I, the, I think
1: for, for reference, I think the thing I always heard was that uh, us and chimps are like 98.8% mm-hmm. similar.
0: Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like it's, we're real, real close mm-hmm. there. So it kind of gives you a little insight into like the kind of the nature of the angels. But from there, we we jump to the school where it is like track and field day, apparently. Um all the girls are swimming. All the boys are being perverts. It's you know you know how it is. <laughs> um, Shinji notices Rei and like stares at her. To which um, Kensuke and Toji start like being extra creeps to him. <laughs> yeah, this the of this four the creepiest episode as we get further along yeah it's real. it's real bad. like just the way that they kind of go back and forth talking about like different parts of Ray is very <laughs> is very gross. yeah. but also the language they choose for the dub is very funny.
1: <laughs> okay. yeah, i I did the sub on this round, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I just mentioned body parts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they like they use like clinical terminology here and there. Interesting. Like they're like her memories. <laughs> it's very. We <sighs> bring, yeah, it, bring it back, Gen Z.
1: <laughs> Start saying memories.
0: Oh, uh, But yeah, so they're they're being creeps, but uh, Shinji denies it and says that like he he actually is just wondering why she's she's always alone. Um. And then we we jump from there to. Them doing more tests in the Avas, where uh, Ray Shinji notices that Ray and Gendo talk, and like Ray seems actually like excited and smiling when talking to Gendo, which is both unusual for both of them. Like Gendo seems like a normal human being, and Ray seems actually like happy and not the sort of like um, you know the sort of flat affect that she normally has. It's it's very strange.
1: Like yeah, this is one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> In, in yeah. this episode, because I think it's just it's very masterful of you—you you understand completely what's going on as Shinji is watching this exchange through the Ava. Uh, I think he's getting instructions, like you also tune out the dialogue that's happening because he's just getting mm-hmm. instructions on on operation and on the test and his sync rate, and uh, you just. You see the jealousy in Shinji, and you see this, like, okay, here's this relationship, and now we're going to explore it through through the rest, instead of... it, It's just very simple and elegant, and it, and mm-hmm. it really gets a point across, and I can't believe this
0: was on at 4.30 in <laughs> the
1: afternoon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. Uh, later that day, Ritsuko comes to Masato and Shinji's place to have dinner, Uh, which turns out to be instant curry that Masato made, Um, that she is uh, not eating like the rest. She has had, like, slightly undercooked instant ramen that she gets Shinji to pour the instant curry into to make it a sludge, (laughs) quote-unquote. Pen-Pen also gets curry and beer. Which (laughs) which is animal abuse.
1: Yeah. But there's his reaction where it's like the the background classic backward or uh, the background changes. Mm -hmm. It was fun. Yes.
0: Like the, the stretching like spring noises and, (laughs) and stuff like that. As he, uh, everybody, in fact, everybody except for Masato determines that, yeah, she, she messed this up. It is absolutely terrible for even instant curry. But as, as the girls get wasted, Drinking their beers, uh, Risco hands over to Shinji uh, a new security card for Rei because she keeps forgetting about it. So um, she's like, hey, can you go take this to her at school or, or something like that? Shinji obviously agrees, but then they catch him staring at her photo on the ID and begin to like tease him and, and stuff, which I think is very cute, especially because uh, in the dub... Uh, Masato's voice actress is getting, she puts on, like, a little bit of, like, that drunk slur Mm -hmm. to her words and everything like that. It's very good. Uh, Risco, you know. You know things. Yeah. (laughs) Why aren't you saying anything? You could have said anything at
1: any time.
0: (laughs) Um, the next day, we see Shinji going to Rei's apartment, which is very sort of, like, run down. It's, like, in a construction neighborhood. It's very not taken care of, very sparse. Living environment. Um, Ray is seemingly not at home, so Shinji just lets himself in. Uh, we see like her mailbox is like overly full, like all this stuff. Um, and when he goes to like her chest of drawers to um, leave the ID card, he notices the glasses, Gendo's old glasses, are there. He puts them on, and then he hears somebody, so he turns around and discovers that Ray was in the shower and. Uh, She's now standing there with just, like, a towel over her shoulders. Um, Ray is very, like, angry at him, but not for, like, seeing her naked, but for wearing Gendo's broken glasses. And as she tries to take them off, um, Shinji freaks out and, like, falls over, knocks Rey over. He lands on top of her. Um, It's very much like a... It's this very sort of, like, you know, teen sex comedy kind of situation you see a lot in anime but i think because of the sort of situation around them where it is like the absolute like unsexiest sort of environment like it's this very like grim dirty apartment that ray is just kind of resigned to living in like there's nothing remotely like erotic about the situation
1: yeah um, it, it definitely seemed like sort of a a, a trope that they're turning on its side, and like especially with with Ray's reaction and her personality of just I don't mm-hmm. like get off me so I can get dressed and also take those glasses off because like he's he's doing again he's doing the stuttering thing of oh mm-hmm. I'm trying to explain what actually is happening I didn't mean anything bad by this and she just walks out in the middle of it
0: <laughs> yes she is, just gets dressed and like leaves which is
1: <laughs> <laughs> just I yeah. don't care. You can you can stay here or not.
0: Yeah. So uh, she leaves. Uh, Shinji follows her, um, and they just kind of, but they don't talk or anything like that. They are just six feet apart at all times until they actually get to uh, Nerve headquarters, where Ray discovers that she can't get in. Shinji swipes her new pass card and hands it over to her, to which she just immediately walks off with it. Um, Shinji, again, tries to kind of, like, apologize and then, like, kind of asks her, like, about Gendo and all that. Um, he is very sort of dismissive towards towards Gendo, to which, um, you know, uh, Shinji basically just says that he doesn't have faith in Gendo's work. That really... And that really sort of sets off Rei. She, like, immediately like turns around and slaps him. Uh, and basically kind of chastises them for being kind of childish in this situation. Um, we then cut to the uh, a successful reactivation of unit zero, but uh, t- during which she notices uh, she has kept the, the glasses with her. Um, and I think that sort of kind of like anchors her to allow for the test to be successful like that. Mm-hmm. But it is interrupted by the appearance of a new angel, the fifth angel, Ramiel. Yeah, yeah, my favorite angel. He rules. <laughs> yeah. Romeo is such a good angel. Um, <laughs> it is just a giant uh, eight-sided uh, <laughs> <laughs> polygon that floats and makes uh, noises. And as we soon learn, when Unit zero, when Unit one launches to to intercept it, uh, shoots high-powered positron beams uh, that <laughs> nearly cook Shinji alive inside of the the Ava. Uh, and that is where the, the episode ends. Shinji is attacked uh, as soon as he he reaches the surface. What a... Love these
1: cliffhangers on these episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing such a great job with that. Yeah, i so excited about Ramiel. He... He probably is one of my, also one of my favorite angels because he's just an eight-sided die mm-hmm. that loves to drill. Um, uh, a few, so a few things about Ramiel and their inspiration and their name. Apparently, Ano has said that Ramiel was inspired by Prisma, uh, a monster from Return of Ultraman, uh, who is not uh, like symmetrical polyhedron, uh, mm-hmm. but is like a translucent crystal. Kind of asymmetrical rock person. They don't like have arms or anything. <laughs> they they look like a mountainside, but made yeah. of crystal. And uh, and I, I got to see some of the clips, and I'm like, that's that's a cool. It's a cool monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some people have pointed out, although I don't think it's like confirmed by anyone in production, uh, that there's a similar design uh, for a mech. called Super X. And this was an anime in the 80s called Future Police Urshaman. Uh, And I think it's yellow instead of blue and also have some sort of shape-shifting abilities. Interesting. Uh, As far as the name for Ramiel, I hope you wanted to get into apocryphal scripture. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, baby, you know it. Uh, So uh, that name apparently comes from the Book of Enoch. uh, Mm -hmm. And the Book of Enoch is... It's the fan fiction of, <laughs> of Christianity and Judaism. Uh, it's, it's non-canon scripture. Uh, Enoch was the great-grandfather of Noah, uh, the flood guy. Uh, and I guess that book talks about like the origins of demons and Nephilim, which are like mm-hmm. half-angel, half-humans. Uh, so Ramiel is the name of one of the watcher angels that rebelled against God, uh, mated with humans to create the Nephilim. Um and that's
0: that's all I got on Ramiel. i I don't really see uh the uh the the equivalent here, but you know it's still a good sounding name
1: hmm the human uh angel connection mm-hmm. think? is is definitely there, but it's again could just be a cool name yeah overall how' what did what 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 did you think of the episode
0: uh i like this episode um i think of this block, however, I think it's probably like a little bit lower, just because it is, you know, it's f- fairly like low key throughout. Um, I would say, I think the animation in it is very good, especially compared to some of the animation in like the next episode, which I like the next episode, but there's mm-hmm. definitely like some there's some uh, uh, some slightly off modelishness to yeah to a lot of stuff in the next episode, but. Yeah, the, like, I think it's a, a good episode. It's very it's solid throughout, oh. but it's not exactly a thrill a moment kind it's, of episode.
1: Um, for the, like the more personal internal character development episodes, I definitely like it better than uh
0: than last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and I, this this was supposed to be the the follow up to episode three. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the, the previous episode wasn't even supposed to, to, to be there.
1: So, uh, yeah, this was... I like the personal stuff. Um, just such a good cliffhanger. It's very unexpected mm-hmm. of an angel, like, I know who you are and where you're at. pa Not Like, as soon as he pops out the gate, zap. And that's yep. so surprising.
0: The The shot of it, like, melting through the building to get to the, the Ava is also, like, super, super good. It's just like, I only have to see you. I know
1: where you're at. And then, uh, I, when we got to Ray's apartment, I could only think of the meme, damn, girl, you live like this.
0: The <laughs> same, same. <laughs> That's
1: all I can think about. The internet has ruined my brain. It's,
0: <laughs> between her and Masato, it's that all the time. <laughs> it's, yeah. For a quieter
1: episode, this was very good. You You get a lot of these characters are and you get it's reinforced of like Shinji what, what he's trying to get out of this and what he wants and uh, it's a good setup for the m- mysteries that are revealed later mhm so the next episode episode 6 uh, entitled Showdown in Tokyo 3 uh, with the English title of "Ray 2 uh, this, this was directed by Hiroyuki Ishido uh, written by Ano and Akio Satsukawa Uh, And then the storyboards are by Masayuki. Um, So we pick up uh, pretty much where we left off. You know, Shinji is struck almost immediately after being launched by Ramiel. Um, You know, his the LCL is boiling around him, uh, but the but he's able to be rescued and recovered, and, and is then hospitalized. Um, And then we see Ramiel's sort of true purpose is uh, to drill down through the geofront, through like the 20-something layers, uh, straight down into Nerve headquarters. Uh, They kind of have mere hours um, before they determine that a lot of this first part of the episode is... uh, kind of setting up what are the stakes here's what ramiel's doing mm-hmm. and it's nerve you get to see the rest of nerve doing what they do and trying to figure N- out how to stop this angel uh so the so shinji and ray can do their thing later in the this later
0: this is time. this is like the shin godzilla episode basically yes like, <laughs> it is all right team we got to get a plan and here's what we're going to do and all of the different like components coming together to work and get this plan into, into action.
1: Yeah. Here's how we're going to bully ourselves through red tape (laughs) to get what we want.
0: Uh, and like we hear it throughout the entire episode. I don't think it's the first time we hear it, but we hear, um, decisive battle, which is that boom, 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 Mm -hmm. boom, boom, boom. Like that track throughout the entire episode. And like, that track gets reused all the time <laughs> in, in Ano's work, especially whenever he has uh Shirasagasu. Whenever, whenever it's Shirasagasu and Hideaki Ano, you're gonna hear some variation of decisive battle, like you hear all the time in uh, Shin Godzilla. Like it's it's all over the place.
1: Yeah, just a, a good steady beat. Uh,
0: Dude, I love those timpanies, mm-hmm. those big old drums.
1: <laughs> it, and not just nerve gets highlighted. We see. I think you really start to see Masato shine in like mm-hmm. This is why she has the job she has. Uh, she she is She's a tactical genius. Yes. Uh, so they start launching dummy attacks, uh, and this mm-hmm. is just to determine the range that Ramiel will interact with an enemy, uh, so they know they have to attack from a certain range. Uh, so the plan that Masato comes up with is that they need a positron beam Fired from outside of Ramiel's attack zone, uh, they need a tremendous amount of energy from this mm-hmm. weapon uh, to be able to break through their AT field. And the way they do this is, uh, well, we're going to take all the power from Japan, starting at midnight, <laughs> yep. to power oh. this giant rifle.
0: Real, real quick, uh, we get a, a shot of like them showing like Ramiel Julie through like the layers of protection. Uh, as Masato's like analyzing the situation and then the dub, she calls it a sassy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's some real good like dub language in in these next few episodes. It's very like it's very funny. <laughs> there, There's something
1: something similar in the in the in the sub I didn't pick up on, but she did. Right. She she calls him she calls him a fun name for being a mm-hmm. jerk. Um so with yeah, the plan in motion, uh they everyone's scrambling to get everything going. Uh they have to quote unquote borrow a prototype rifle for the military. Uh that Ray and Ava OO o- just picks the roof up and like, all right, I'm gonna <laughs> grab this rifle. Thanks, military. Um and I like when well, they're talking about like using all the power in Japan and the power outage. I do like that we see the sort of ordinariness uh, of it because we're seeing mm-hmm. all the announcements. So like, hey, there's going to be a, a, a power outage for all of Japan. Thank you for thank you for your understanding. Uh, it will resume in the morning, and it's and it got me thinking about um, this how post apocalyptic how like the U.S. And Japan view the post apocalypse. Um, mm. And I think the, f- and we might have talked about this before, where it's Japan in some respects is a post-apocalyptic society after the bombs, um, the a catacly basically a cataclysmic event happened. Uh-huh. And now they're living beyond that, and their post-apocalypse. Is from uh, I feel like what they're what they draw from is that yeah everything does kind of get back to normal and like the bureaucracy of everything kind of settles back in with the United States, because I think we haven't, I mean, we're racing, we're trying real hard to race towards it, but because we haven't gotten it there, we're like, Oh yeah, it's just a bunch. It's everyone's in cars, right? (laughs) That's the post apocalypse.
0: And like, yeah, there's, there's certain, there's a certain like kind of cultural, idea there i think where i think both because japan is a much smaller country is much easier to kind of um it's much easier to kind of see the effects of of things uh on on one another like um you only have so much space on those islands so if something big happens there everybody's affected um obviously with like World War II and the, the atomic bombings, but even when something like the the um Fukushima like nuclear plants and things like that, that's you know, that's towards the northern side of the main island, but everybody is pretty much affected by it. Um whereas in the States we are so much bigger and so much more spread out that if something like that were to happen, it is much more difficult to kind of react to it uh, all across the board. Like we have seen very big and bad things happen like, you know, Hurricane Katrina or 9-11 or things like that, where it's, you get a lot of like that support and like coming together and working together in like these sort of isolated areas, but across the country, it becomes a much more, spread out and difficult kind of thing to react to in an effective way, I would say.
1: No, that I like that. That makes that makes sense. That it's I, I do always forget how small Japan actually is.
0: Yeah, Japan it's about the size of our western seaboard. So like from uh Hokkaido down to what is it? Um Kyushu? I believe takes up about the same amount of space as like California, Oregon, uh, Washington, like a little bit of of Canada. Like they're they're pretty pretty even mm-hmm. size there. Interesting. Um, yeah, just
1: nor the the normalization uh, of this in, in, in the show is is very mm-hmm. interesting, um, and a and a nice again a nice element that I think separates it from from other shows. Yeah, Um. Uh,
0: and and just one more thing. I think I when I was doing a little bit of research for this episode, I think I finally got a good description of the whenever those like subtitles come up that kind of tell you like who this person is, what they're doing, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I've I've saw it described as being sort of like documentary style, and that kind of stuck with me that. Yeah, no, this does kind of make sense. This is sort of, it turns it into like much more of a sort of documentarian sort of style of filmmaking, of show creating that uh, adds this kind of layer of reality or or verisimilitude to the the, the show that I think is very good and something that Ano repeatedly goes back to and works very well with, I would say. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's that. Uh, uh, of that kind of reality layer on top of just being very efficient uh, to get facts, to, to, to get things that we need to know across without having a character say, yep, it certainly is this place
0: that we're in. <laughs> um, so I, again, I was watching the dub version and uh, <laughs> to bring it back to our previous episode, <laughs> um, one of the, the guy that uh, talks about the honor of like the technology department division three, uh, mm-hmm. as they're going through and like checking off like all the d- different departments and like what they're doing, uh, in English, he is voiced by Doug Smith, aka Kentaro Owe, <laughs> the protagonist of <laughs> Golden Boy. <laughs> No, <laughs> like I heard his voice. I was like, I recognize that voice anywhere. And then when I rewatched it again more recently, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, he's all over this show. <laughs>
1: I have done two episodes of Golden Boy. I know one of you maniacs out there wants it for our next <laughs> season. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will uh, say if, if three distinct individuals <laughs> request it, then maybe. <laughs> Zero, zero so, promises.
0: So one of our listeners, me, and then...
1: <laughs> I have to get be you. on board. That's... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look, under, under promise over deliver. Who, who could say? Who could say? What's next? Um, we, we do get Shinji. Uh, he has regained consciousness back in the hospital. Um, and Ray comes in with his meal and explains the plan that's going on. Like, she's, she's giving, like, the, the military time of what they're when they're meeting and what they're doing. And the plan is this, is that... Uh, so Shinji will be the rifleman um, in Ava 01 uh, because he has the most fighting experience. Um, and he, at midnight, when all the power goes out, he's going to shoot Ramiel. Uh, Ray will be piloting OO, and she will be using a shield uh, to protect Shinji. Uh, in case Ramiel decides to fire back. Um, and the shield can only stand up to the beam for 17 seconds. Um, and so, as they're, they're, they're launched, they're put into place outside of Ramiel's zone. Um, and as they're pre- preparing for the mission, uh, Ray and Shinji have a, a conversation where Ray is like talking about how she'll protect him. And which leads Shinji to ask why Rey pilots the Avas. And Rey tells him that it's for this broad, this bond she feels for others, kind of this broad sort of uh, sense to protect everyone else, no one specifically. Uh, But then she also says that she has nothing else. Uh, And she then, before they get onto the Avas themselves, she says goodbye to Shinji. Um so the the midnight hour strikes uh there's something went goofy either Ramiel sensed it or there's a miscalculation uh but Shinji and Ramiel both fire off a beam at each other and in one of the coolest effect shots That's is, so good is you see the beams kind of they're about to hit each other but then they one curves up one curves under to to avoid each other um Uh, Ray is able to step in front of Shinji to block Ramiel's beam, while Shinji is able to load and get another shot off uh, just in time, right before the drill, is able to break through NERF headquarters. Ramiel's core is shot. It falls. um, But uh, Ava-O-O is very badly damaged, uh, and Shinji mimicking... What uh, Gendo did in the last episode runs over to the entry plug, uh, and with hot hands opens the latch. Uh, Ray Ray seems fine. Shinji begins to cry, uh, and, and goes on to tell Ray to you know don't say you don't have anything else, or, and don't g- say goodbye to me at the beginning of a mission. Uh, and then Ray says, "quote I don't know what to feel at times like this." And Shinji replies with, a "Why not smile?" And then Ray smiles, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not well drawn. It it don't look. That's I. I know you talked about. We talked about some of the off model things. To me, that that was one of the things. I'm like, I don't know about this.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
0: uh, but a happy ending
1: for for this episode. Yes. Um,
0: so yeah. So this episode. Unfortunately, a lot of like the character models are a little, a little off, a little lower quality than some of the other episodes um, surrounding it, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, there are uh, updated versions of Ray smiling that is much easier to look at, in <laughs> uh, like the Death and Rebirth film and the the rebuild versions but uh, <laughs> yeah no it's a li- it's a little rough um, so so I've got some some trivia for you yeah. for this episode um, the the operation that goes on uh, is named by Masato as Operation Yashima. Uh, this is a reference to the Battle of Yashima, uh, one of the the battles in the Genpei War. Uh, in 1185 uh, where the Minamoto clan and the Taira clan were at war with each other in Japan. And uh, at this battle, a um, basically a flag was, was posted uh, at the top of a boat. um, And the Minamoto clan was uh, dared to like try and knock it off. Uh, to which, uh, Nasa no Yoichi, Yu- a samurai, uh, for the Minamoto clan, uh, rode out into the sea on horseback and shot the fan off in one shot. Um, so it is a sort of this legendary, like Robin Hood-esque feat of archery that, that is supposedly happened, um. And then the Minamoto clan was then victorious in the the battle. But um, so that is the the reference there is a a reference to a very difficult um, feat of of marksmanship that you only really get one shot at. That name would also go on to uh, affect the real world in that um, during uh, the 2011 Tohoku earthquake and tsunami um, to help conserve electricity in the country. They did a campaign under the name Operation Yashima. um, And then they would do kind of similar things uh, later down the line in like 2019 and 2020 um, as sort of like celebrations and and things like that. But we'd kind of get interrupted by the COVID pandemic. But um, yes, that's sort of become a a ongoing sort of like cultural thing in Japan now um, Mm -hmm. using that name. Nice there's also just like some really good shots of like when they turn off the power to Japan, you get to see um, a like satellite view of Japan and the coastline has actually been changed somewhat because of the rising seas. Um, and there's also some very dramatic shots of pen pen looking up at the night sky, which I thought <laughs> was very good. Um, the sniping position that uh, Shinji and Rei take up is at Mount Futago which is uh obviously a real place um is not accessible to the public because they use it for uh, I believe like radio or or TV transmissions, but mm-hmm. um, is a real set of mountains uh near Hakone the I don't know if they say it in the sub, but they mentioned that the shield uh, in the dove they mentioned that the shield is made out of uh, a piece of the space shuttle, which I want to say it's actually like based off of, like, some experimental or, like, um, concept space shuttle art. I've definitely seen it uh, in the past where it's got the, like this sort of, like, arrowhead kind of shape as opposed to, like, the delta wing mm-hmm. that we think of of, like, the U.S. space shuttle program. But it's a very kind of similar idea there. I, I really like <laughs> this episode. Um, I think the the whole sort of, like, let's do the plan kind of thing just works super super well it's a lot of fun to see them kind of like requisition all the stuff get into position and then seeing like the mission come together and like all the little like snags that they hit and things like that um i love that the positron rifle just looks like a super sized up like anti-material rifle from like world war ii like it looks (laughs) like an anti-tank gun yeah but it shoots a giant laser (laughs) it's very cool (laughs) Uh, it just kind of leads into like the ridiculous nature that the show gets into This very sort of like, you know, th- what if we just took like a nerf gun and made it look like a real gun kind yeah. of like tokusatsu kind of aspect to it. I think it's very, very cool. I I love the idea of not. All right, folks,
1: it's not always going to be a hand to hand fight. Mm-hmm. It's not always going to be they meet and then they have to fight in, in this kind of standard way. Um, now, <laughs> did did the Wachowskis steal this plot point for the second and third matrix films of some sort of intelligence drilling into the underground sanctuary <laughs> of humanity who could say i mean
0: <laughs> knowing the wachowskis I mean probably like
1: <laughs> it's, they liked their anime like they liked their anime this was period
0: appropriate um Maybe. I would not be surprised, is what I'm going to say on the record.
1: No one, no one, no, there were no robots that were polygons in the Matrix. So
0: The one downside. (laughs) Yeah, you really,
1: you really messed up. Um, Yeah, I think, I think that's, oh, it just sinks. It just sinks like a, like a, like a weight. I love it. When Mm -hmm. Raphael just goes down. Like a blimp. (laughs) And
0: then for like the next three or four episodes, you'll get shots of it being dismantled in the background. It's very good. (laughs) Again, for those of you that know
1: about the relationship between Shinji and Rei, this is all, it's all very telling stuff. And again, very good like foreshadowing and setup. Mm -hmm. But I think, but I think the way we've been talking about it it seems like we're just going to wait until that actually shows up in the show before we get into it.
0: Yeah, I think it, I think it works best so we kind of do it in in order. <laughs> uh, our next episode, episode seven, also known as "The Works of Man," aka a human work, directed by Keiichi Sugiyama, written by Ano and Yoji Enokido, uh, and storyboarded by Keiichi Sugiyama and Ano. Uh, which. <laughs> thinking about it makes perfect sense uh so uh, this episode uh we it's a it's it's a very masato heavy episode um but we do start with a mysterious phone call between gendo and somebody um and a photo of a a mysterious robot um for breakfast (laughs) uh shinji has a nice piece of toast Pen has some nice uh, grilled fish and Masato has <laughs> a tall boy. Yeah, <laughs> nice beer. Breakfast, the champions just got off her shift at the factory <laughs> at, the, at the Ava factory. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this this kind of opening scene is just kind of like this big, <laughs> big, big roast of Masato uh, where we we see Shinji like chastise her for being such a slob and like that's you're gonna be alone forever because you're such a mess. Uh, no wonder you're single. Yada yada. Um, uh, Masato says that she has to come to his school today for a parent teacher meeting because she's his his guardian. Uh, Shinji's a little surprised, but then she he hears that you know it's a uh, it's part of her job, so he gets a little disappointed. Um, but when Toji and Kensuke show up, um, he he heads out with them to school. Uh, they are very interested in trying to see Masato, which they do not get to. Uh, they um, they constantly talk about like how much of a babe Masato is, so on and so forth. Uh, how lucky Shinji is for being her her roommate and like guardian. Um, uh, Masato is actually a little proud of Shinji for being more and more expressive and like how he feels and things like that. Um, even if it is like just absolutely <laughs> putting her on blast, yeah. Um, at school, we see uh, Masato just like yes. <laughs> Ace Ventura, like like a globe. <laughs> Park that that car, uh, and she's got herself all dolled up to to look for her meeting yeah uh, all all the boys are like ogling her out the window like Kensuke with his cameras constantly taking like video footage of her uh, and Shinji is just
1: disgusted just embarrassed yeah Tonji and Kensuke are just throughout this episode they're just like he's too young he's too innocent he doesn't get it
0: yeah um, and and Shinji is just like nah man if you had to live with her
1: like no it's not fun <laughs>
0: Like it's it's very much again. It's very much, damn girl, you live like this. <laughs> <laughs> but Shinji is there for it all yeah. the time. It's um,
1: like, I'm the one that lives like this now. Yeah.
0: Um. At at work, let's say, uh, Shinji is he's doing some tests in the the Evangelion, uh, and kind of begins to question, like, wait, what what is an Eva? I never really like. Thought to ask, the the LCL smells like blood, but it being inside of this plug feels very comfortable. Um, it's like, <laughs> it's very like, come on, come on, man, you gotta get it. Um, <laughs> uh, we overhear that Unit Two uh, is on its way from Germany. Um, there's a lot of like complaints about like budgets, things like that. Shinji just hanging out with a bunch of the. Um, like Ritsuko and Masato and an unnamed third person that I don't think we ever actually get introduced to. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be one of the like control people, but um, they're on like an elevator and they're, they're just talking and Shinji's just kind of there reading his, his notes. Um, Gendo has a meeting on board uh, a plane because he's supposed to be going to some sort of meeting um, where we learn that the budget has been approved for AV unit six. Um, by everybody except for the U.S., but will come around eventually. Um, Good old U.S. Mm -hmm. It's not a... It's (laughs) All I can think about is stuff like the Tokyo Accords and and all that, where it's... Mm -hmm. Are we going to sign on for, you know, environmental safety? No. Not going to do that. Shinji then later learns that uh, the story that he's told about the second impact about a, a meteorite hitting uh, Antarctica is actually a cover-up um, for an uh, exploratory mission to Antarctica to discover the first angel, which mysteriously exploded uh, and caused the second impact. Um, Nerve and the Evangelions were then created to protect from a possible third impact. Um, during this conversation between Ritsuko and, and Shinji, uh, Masato just seems very sort of like upset about it like she looks like visibly upset um there there's a
1: cool shot that i picked upon this time where as soon as risco says explosion Mm
0: -hmm. there's like
1: a vent opens and you get like a gust of air as they're moving through headquarters that like blows masato's hair back Mm. i'm like that's that's good that's good storytelling that's good that's good storytelling
0: that's real good um the next morning uh, Masato leaves early, like she's actually like fully clothed and like dressed for like a business meeting. Um, whereas the previous morning she was in like her you know her sleeping clothes, uh, not ready at all. Uh, she tells Shinji that hey, I'm going to a meeting in old Tokyo. You have to order in, uh, and she'll be back later. Um, the meeting turns out to be a Presentation on a new anti-angel like robot known as Jet Alone. Uh, Jet Alone is uh, a nuclear-powered, um, autonomous robot. Like it's it's run off of well, not autonomous, but um, remote-controlled robot that um, drives Ritsuko, who's also there. Uh, her and. Masato are at this meeting at their own table, which has nothing but like some bottles of booze on it (laughs) and no food. Uh, unlike the other tables we see at the, uh, the presentation. But, um, Ritsuko starts uh, questioning like the lead designer on it. Like, don't you think like nuclear power is super dangerous for something like this, especially for like a, a, you know, a close combat machine. Um, Things like that. It's not going to be able to get through like AT fields, things like that. Uh, to which the uh, lead designer is just casually misogynistic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he talks about the Ava's going berserk and how it's like a woman and all this other stuff. So uh, Masato is very like put out during the whole thing. She thinks like they're acting like children uh, until we get back to the locker room where Masato is just like kicking the door <laughs> off of a locker. <laughs> um her and Ritsuko talk about how there's probably leaks from inside nerve how useless their intelligence is uh is um and then uh they they burn the information they get on jet alone is like man this thing's such a piece of shit <laughs> um at the activation of jet alone it very quickly goes bad where the machine goes out of control its reactor begins to go critical um and uh Masato quickly steps in on trying to get info about how to stop it, but due to a bunch of bureaucracy, um, gets in the way. Like, he can't give her, like, the shutdown code. Um, So she takes charge. Uh, She calls the guy a vato. (laughs) Like a... What? (laughs) Yeah, in the dub. It's very funny. (laughs) They just just go for it. Uh, So Masato takes charge. Um, she gets Unit 1 sent to Old Tokyo where the meeting is happening. And she comes up with a plan to, like, just infiltrate Jet Alone and disable the machine manually. Um, The rest of the Jet Alone team uh, comes to her aid by, like, disabling a bunch of the computers and things like that so she can actually get in. Uh, And the lead designer um, submits and finally gives her the, the passcode to turn off Jet Alone. Um, as they are on the plane with unit one to ready to like launch, uh, Shinji and Masato are discussing the, the plan and Shinji, and Shinji is obviously like super worried about it because Masato is having to go into this giant robot into its reactor to, to shut it down. Um, but Masato says like, Hey, this is something I, I have to do. I have to do it. Um, so they launch Shinji gets its hands on, jet alone, calls it a bastard. Uh, again, just hanging around too many military people. <laughs> they get Masato on board. Uh, she almost falls to her death at one point, but she she gets in there, um, discovers that the programming has actually been altered, that the, the passcode she was supplied with doesn't work, um, and begins to manually activate the cooling rods to try and get the shutdown. Um, as it gets close to its final like critical meltdown, the rods activate um, and turn off jet alone uh, to which uh, Masato has an inkling that something uh, somebody interfered here. Like one, somebody interfered to change the passcode to get the thing to malfunction. And then it suddenly activates on its own. Um, so, so then something's going on uh, back home is the, another, another f- fruitful morning for Shinji uh, where beer is on the menu Uh, when the boys show up to walk Shinji to school, um, they're again, like, just talking about how much of a babe she is, and he, like, vocally says, like, you know, she's such a slob, like, it's, it's, it's real rough living with her, to which they say, like, man, you're, you're such an idiot, She, she, because she lets you see this part of her, it means that you're, like, you're, like, family, like, you're close to her, you're, you're important, which... Shinji then kind of realizes, like, "Oh, hey, you know what? You're you're right, yeah." You know? uh, and and that's the episode.
1: Yeah, a family can be uh, <laughs> a superior officer, their teenage subordinate, and a penguin.
0: Exactly. Uh, an absolute mess of a woman, <laughs> a penguin, and a kid who really needs to go to therapy. <laughs> um, um, I think
1: there is a there is a scene when we get back with uh, Ritsuko and Gendo, where they're, again, alluding to Gendo being involved in this uh, Mm -hmm. takeover, where Ritsuko's like, well, except for Masato, everything went according to plan. Wink, wink. Yeah. Wink, wink. You know, I'll let you tell us what Jet Alone is based on. I'll I'll give you the honor.
0: (laughs) So Jet Alone is uh, very, like, if you know anything about Godzilla it becomes very apparent very quickly that jell Alone is based off of Jet Jaguar, um, who is basically like the Machine Ultraman equivalent that appears in like one Godzilla film. Uh, Godzilla versus, versus Megalon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets his own awesome little song. Yeah. <laughs> Jet Jaga. Jet Jaga. Punch, punch, punch. Yes. But uh, him and and... Godzilla team up to fight uh, uh, Me- was it Megalon I believe it's Rodan is the other uh, Megalon and Guy Guy- uh old, old hook hands
1: themselves
0: old, old hook hands <laughs> Uh and Megalon the giant beetle um, they team up to fight each other it's a very funny episode or movie it's a, it's a classic episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 mm-hmm. um, but uh Jet Jaguar was also originally supposed to be called Red Alone. Um, oh. So Ano just kind of took the Jet and the Alone and put them together, and there you go. Um, like, and that's why Ono storyboarding this makes so much more sense. Yes. Like, <laughs> jet, like they both had the
1: same goofy grin on their mm-hmm. face. Just the wide, toothy smile. Yeah. that's I love that. <laughs> I love that little bit.
0: This episode really features Masato. We kind of get to see a lot of aspects of Masato. We um, we see her as for like her home slob self. We get to see her as like her like guardian kind of self, like her parental kind of figure a little bit. We get to see her as like this important business lady. She's very tactically minded, things like that. And then we get to see sort of like the action side of her. So we get to see like a lot of sides of Masato in this one episode. Yeah, this is.
1: She's she's playing more heavily into everything this, this mm-hmm. block of episodes, which is which is really nice for me. On on this episode, the thing that stuck out is even here, we kind of see Anno's disgust of bureaucracy, mm-hmm. but not to the point of uh, being antisocial or anti teamwork. Like he's a dude that completely understands and champions the small team that Mm -hmm. doesn't let status or bureaucracy get in the way of them accomplishing the goal that they want to accomplish. Um, And I think, again, I think a lot of that comes from like just Ultraman, but it is like you really see how Masato comes in and is like, hey, there's an emergency going on. And you're telling me – because there's a sequence of people having to call other people to get permission (laughs) – Mm-hmm. To give the passcode, like one goes to like an office, like a very luxurious office, and the next call gets bounced to the golf course.
0: <laughs> the The dub golf course is very good. <laughs> it has sort of a not quite a bush kind of accent going on oh, there. It's man. very funny.
1: I can't give those passcodes. <laughs>
0: no, that's more Clinton. <laughs>
1: but whoops.
0: now watch this drive
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is it's the man hates red tape but loves an organization uh unnecessary red tape I think is Mm -hmm. is demonstrating that but like you you it's cool to see the beginnings of this as we get into his later work or having seen his later work coming back to this and Mm -hmm. like
0: no he
1: he's been talking about this for a while
0: yeah, yeah, that, like, uh, pretty much exactly what you said, getting to see, like, the small core team that can really kind of get their stuff going and get it, they know what they need to do, they have a plan, getting it into action, but then the stuff around them affecting it and not letting them kind of go directly for it, like, that kind of thing. Um It's just a lot of fun to watch, and I think he does it very, very well. You get a
1: lot of 2001 uh, sort of imagery. <laughs> very much so, yeah. Um, from Gendo on the uh, on his jet as they're talking about the the up to eight Evangelions
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> that
1: are in production. Uh, it's similar to the jet that I forget the character's name. The the main character of 2001: Space Odyssey uh, as they're flying Pan Am to the to the moon. <laughs> uh, Dave, right? Dr. Yeah, you're you're right um maybe someone else that it's it's a jumping narrative it might be just be dave anyway um that uh from masado uh having to shut down um jet alone uh in just covered in red similar to when again De- dave is uh trying to deactivate HAL 9000
0: yes yes this is very clearly inspired by by that particular scene. Um, I finally figured out what those fins are for.
1: As he's getting, uh, as AVA-01 is getting launched off the bomber. And the, I'm like, mm. oh, the fins are there to guide on the rails when it's getting shot up and or being dropped from a plane. Duh. Yeah.
0: And they're also handy dandy storage.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're
0: multi-use. I'm like, oh, what a good design. What a good Good designs, good designs all around.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jet Alone with like weird, like uh, tape measure arms. Him.
0: Yeah, Jet Alone has um, Jet Alone has a little bit of like the Fleischer Superman robot look to it too. Mm, yes, um, with the way like their their arms turn into like the plane wings kind of deals. It has that kind of similar thing going on too. And just the the funniest walk cycle. <laughs> <laughs> just strutting along. I, I like that apparently Delone has a handle on its back mm-hmm. because there are other things that big that you can just grab it.
1: It mm-hmm. <laughs> might go in the wrong direction. It's voice activated. Oh, boy. The problem is they didn't have a little kid with, like, a watch. Exactly. Saying commands into it
0: little kid with the watch is in the other robot
1: (laughs) that's what gendo has against it he's like yeah but no kids are in danger
0: (laughs) that's literally one of the the points brought up is like when the the designer of jet alone is is chastising the avas he's like it it makes your pilots go crazy yeah like Like it's you know there are kids in there
1: right (laughs) that's and that's not good
0: All right. (laughs) yeah
1: anything else for this episode very very good very fun again yeah
0: it's it's a a solid episode like it's you know it doesn't exactly move a lot of stuff forward but i think it gives you a good idea of like the stuff going on with nerve and how they're kind of like pulling a bunch of strings behind the scene and then just gives you a good a good handle on on masato as a as a character kind of shows you what she's really capable of um as if you didn't already know with all the stuff that she does mm-hmm. leading up to this episode but yeah it's uh
1: we're we're getting into the less depressy episode, so i'm just going to mm-hmm. enjoy it while i can
0: mhm
1: just sometimes you need a robot to go out of control
0: yeah exactly
1: but not a human robot <laughs> <laughs> uh, a regular just a regular robot the normal type <laughs> Uh, so, our last episode this episode will be episode eight Asuka Rise in Japan, or the English title Asuka Strikes. Uh, this was directed by Kasuya Tsurumaki, uh, written again by Ano and Yoji and Okado, uh, with this episode storyboards by Shinji Higuchi.
0: Yeah, Shinji Higuchi. Yeah. Um, this is probably the best looking episode. Uh, best animated episode out of our our little block here.
1: It's oh for sure. It's it's sick. The action it's rules.
0: Um, it, but, I mean, even when like there are times when Masato will say like Kaji, and like her mouth flaps in animation, you can see her form the syllables. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> a lot
1: of action, especially for a kind of standalone episode. As far as mm-hmm. uh, our environment. Um, a lot of love into this episode. So this is our first introduction, introduction to Asuka Langley Soryu. Um, so it starts off with Gendo having a secret conversation with an unknown party about something being moved across the Pacific Ocean. Cut two. Uh, we have Shinji and Masato. They're on a jet helicopter and toji and kensuke are there for some reason um, you know I, it's boys day i get it it is a sunday uh, masato jokes that it's you know it's sunday so it's a date right out of the gate i gotta ask uh why is they letting this kid record <laughs> everything and anything <laughs> that's a very good question i aside from like a running gag of him just being a huge nerd and being excited to see like the old, uh, like the U- old UN Pacific Fleet um, really just take that route. Unless she's just gonna wipe it later, I don't know. Hmm.
0: Maybe like I could see like the moment they get back, like a bunch of nerve people show up and just like confiscate <laughs> all of the mini discs he's been recording on. Walk through this magnet real quick. Um, <laughs> it's, but, the AT field just prevents anything from being actually recorded. <laughs> um,
1: so yeah, they are, so they're there, the, and the mission is to meet up with Asuka, the pilot of Evangelion Unit 2, uh, which is being transported by the UN Pacific Fleet. Um, the aircraft carrier, that's sort of the center of this, is named the Over the Rainbow, uh, and then the other ships are named after Shakespearean plays. Uh, there's Othello, there's Titus, Andronicus, uh, Cymbeline, Cymbeline? Cymbeline. Um, I think Cymbeline is correct. Then we, uh, everyone, uh, I, I have to call this out because as, uh, that group is deboarding their jet, the, helicopter, the, the background, the f- four <laughs> or five very distinct <laughs> UN <laughs> naval men just as a background plate.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> it's like a street fighter stage <laughs> it's less somehow less motion
1: <laughs>
0: there there it's just four fairly detailed like normal ass like flight deck uh like <laughs> sailors but they're just the background everybody just moves in front of them it might as well just be a sheet
1: yeah it's it, I, I also love it. It's very good and very goofy and like hey man if that's what you had if that's what you had to skimp on <laughs> to get the other stuff fine I love it. you did what you needed to do. Um, Toji has a new hat it blows off in the wind uh, and that's our introduction introduction to Asuka. she stomps the hat um, this sundere <laughs> right out mm-hmm. of the gate. Uh, Very upset. And then we have a bit I hate where her skirt flies up. uh, And so she (laughs) slaps uh, the three boys for getting a peek. She calls it the the admission fee is her slap. Um, Which also, the slap corresponds to the title card Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. The sound effects of the slap. And then the thing that I don't get is Toji's reaction is like, Oh, if that's the case, let me drop trow and just
0: show you my thing. Uh, does he give you a line in in your version?
1: <sighs> I'm trying to dub, remember. I I just <laughs> wanted to get past this part.
0: In the dub, he's like, "If that's so, here's your change." And then <laughs> <flashes> <laughs> through. all right, you know what? This scene's necessary. <laughs> Uh, so let me let me ask you, in, in the Japanese language version, do you get a lot of German mixed in with your Japanese?
1: Nothing I could point out, at least in the subtitling. So later on, when they enter the Ava and she's activating things in German, the subtitles mm-hmm. turn into German. They don't, like, try to change it to English. Okay. Uh, so I didn't know. So if it is the case that during the episode she's, like, throwing out German words... Um, it's not in the subtitles, so I don't think so.
0: Okay, because in the English dub, she's speaking English. Obviously, she's supposed to be speaking Japanese, but whatever. She's speaking English, and here and there, you'll get thrown in German words for stuff. Like, it makes sense. Like, she'll say nicked instead of no, and and when uh, the angel shows up later, she says wunderbar. As she, she turns away and gets, like, that mischievous grin on her face, that kind of stuff. Okay. So I was just curious if they threw that in, because I want to say, like, way back in the day, um, her voice actress, her dub voice actress, whose name I can't remember. Hold on. See uh, episode one of the season. Uh, Tiffany, Tiffany Grant. I want to say said she actually knows some German, so she just kind of, like, threw that in there to kind of help with the character. Mm-hmm. But, um... I, I don't. I can't a hundred percent confirm that. I would have to look at it. Uh, I'd have to do a little bit more research yeah. and, and come back to that. But I will, I will keep an ear out. Uh, we we then go into
1: Masato and the gang talking with the captain, uh, who
0: just looks
1: pretty much uh, just a character model from Nadia, The Secret of Blue Water. Yeah.
0: Uh, I was about to say, we get uh, Captain Nemo two point mm-hmm. I I love I love a say I love a sailor
1: where you can't see their eyes. Mm-hmm. It's it's very good. Um, we kind of get a back and forth as Masato is saying, "Hey, here's what we need to do, and you should do these things." This is where you need to put the emergency power cord in case we need to activate the Ava, and the captain just begrudgingly uh, listening, not wanting. He he keeps calling the Ava a toy. He Keeps saying that he's been, he's like, oh yeah, we love that we get to babysit these children. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is exactly what we wanted to do.
0: Um, uh, he sees it all very like beneath him, like having to having to basically be uh, a delivery service instead of you know doing big military ship things. Yeah, we get it's no one
1: likes nerve, <laughs> is is what we gather from these past two episodes,
0: <laughs> and I mean. They probably shouldn't, given what their ultimate goal is, mm-hmm. but...
1: Yeah, no, they're they're
0: correct.
1: <laughs> and then we are introduced to Ryoji Kaji as he strolls onto the bridge. Uh, a, you know, he's a dude. Um, a, sp- a spy of some sort. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the swagger. So, okay. In the dub, I think it might be because he has like this... The way that his accent comes off... I could feel like if they were to do a live action Kaji would probably be, would probably be played by a young Carrie Elways. Mhm mhm. Like the way that his his voice actor kind of like his demeanor and accent, like that slight there's like a slight British kind of twinge okay. kind of in the dub, but uh yeah, he just kind of has that that sort of uh that swagger to him, I think. He know
1: He's a handsome dude. He knows it. <laughs> he knows how to use it.
0: He's a, a scruffy, handsome like womanizer.
1: Yes. Uh, he says he is there because he's escorting Asuka from Nerve's German branch. Um, Asuka is very enamored with Kaji. A huge crush on him. Uh, and we learn that Kaji Masato had a relationship together when he asked mm-hmm. children inappropriate questions.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, he plays footsie Tries to play footsie With Masato Yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: She she stops there Real quick mm-hmm. um, But yeah Pretty much it's the, the ex is back in town Masato hates it mm-hmm. um, Shinji loves this dude He thinks he rules It's like this guy's fun You know fun. if
0: I was If I was 14 And a guy like this showed up I think I would think He rules too Yeah You would, you would think
1: Shinji Would start growing his hair out Hmm for that yeah.
0: cool 90s ponytail. <laughs> Hell
1: yeah. Um, after after they all eat, uh, Asuka just keeps talking about Shinji, saying he's boring, he sucks, I'm a better pilot than him. Kaji then reveals that actually his first go, he had a 40% seek rate with O1, uh, which Asuka is surprised and also hates, which leads her to bring Shinji down to show off Funito 2. Uh, and she goes on to explain like, look, oh oh, that's a prototype. Oh ones a test type. This is like the full, uh, first official Ava, like the first real Ava. So O1's mm-hmm. a test type and that's why your sync rate's so good. So actually, I'm great.
0: And Shinji's just shocked to see that it's red.
1: <laughs> He's like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know they came in colors. But this is where we finally get uh, the six angel attacks. Gaguel? Uh Gagio, <laughs> Gagio. G- yeah. Um, an underwater type. Uh, it starts swimming around and battling uh, damaging warships. Uh, so Asuka has a bright idea of, all right, I'm going to put on my plug suit. Uh, there, there's a peeking gag. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Shinji has to put on one of Asuka's spare plug suits. Mm-hmm. So he has little boob plates and they both hop in to uh, the Ava. Uh, at this point, Kaji is calling Gendo and Gendo's like, cause Kaji's like, Hey, an angel attack was a part. Wasn't the, we didn't agree to this. And Gendo's like, well, just fly away. <laughs> Kaji's like, you know what? You're right. I will.
0: <laughs> what are you stupid? Just, leave. <laughs> just like, what are you doing there?
1: You, you don't have to stick that closely to your cover story. Just leave. <laughs> I sent two pilots for a reason. Mm-hmm, yep. As if they knew it was gonna happen. Mm. Um and, and Masato is very upset as they see Kenji flying away. Um <laughs> again, some
0: very good animation.
1: Yeah, all the all the like a lot of extra work and like the reactions and facial mm-hmm. expressions on everyone here.
0: Uh a lot of like the sort of gags and yeah. and like the animation style has been attributed to to Higuchi's uh, being the storyboard artist, which I definitely think shows up because mm-hmm. he's... I mean, he's he was an incredibly good animator, and it definitely shows here, like, he puts a lot of love and care into to everything he does in this episode. Yeah, not, not phoning it in
1: on this. Um, inside Ava 2, uh, there are two pilots aboard, and uh, there there's an error because there is some... Uh, mental noise. What, what is it specifically? They call it something else specifically. Uh, thought noise, I think. Thought noise. Yes. Uh, and it's due to the language barrier. Uh, her Eva is set for German. Uh, she, she then yells at Shinji to start thinking in German. Uh, he cannot. Uh, so she relents and speaks the language. Does he
0: say a bunch of German things in your version?
1: He says like one or two German words
0: <laughs> that uh, I
1: didn't understand. <laughs>
0: He says, Strudel, Bratwurst. <laughs> and then he gets yelled at. Yeah, it,
1: it's right, right out of the gate. Here's a relationship. Mm-hmm. Here's how it's going to go down. Uh, and then we see uh, so the Ava is actually able to activate right before Gagiol comes and destroys the ship it's on. Uh, O2 jumps from uh, ship to ship. Uh, trying to get to its power supply, you see. There's a lot of cool, just heavy things jumping on other things and crushing it.
0: it when it first jumps out, it does the cool robot thing where it's a giant robot, but it has a cloak on. Yeah, uh, look,
1: love a robot with a cloak, it's and then so it can good. jump. Up- it's really. always good. It's it's sick. Should have just kept that cape. So they, they're able to get to the plug. They're gonna have a fight. Uh, They they keep talking about how the Ava only has B type equipment, which is not Mm -hmm. meant for water operations, Um, and it's gonna sink. Uh, So they try to stand off against Gagiel, who finally surfaces, and we see that is kind of a manta ray shark amalgam of different uh, just just anything that's not a fish. It's kind mm-hmm. of thrown in there, but it's more like, yeah, shark, manta ray kind of look. And it, it is gigantic. It is, like, larger than one of the battleships.
0: Um, yes, it's, like, the same size as the, um, the aircraft carrier, so it is absolutely gigantic.
1: Gagio is able to chomp down on O2, brings it down into the ocean, and you kind of get the—you see the big spool of power cord spinning out, and it becomes, like, fishing— which Kinsuke, uh he, or that Toji comments on, which gives Masato, again, the brilliant tactical idea of, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to use the cable to lead it into a kill zone. AVO-2 is going to pry that jaw open uh, where the core is. And then two battleships are going to go into it, fire all their cannons, and then it's going to blow up. Um, so they, they do this plan... Um, they're, they're, Asuka and Shinji are having trouble prying open the, the mouth of Gagyol. uh, and finally, on, only by working together, uh, are they able to do it? And, uh, it blows up. It blows up real good and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hmm Um, and then the aftermath of everything as everyone's coming on board, Ritzko is looking over the data and talking about how there's, uh, both, uh, Asuka and Shinji, had a higher sink rate than they've ever had before. Uh, And then in the deepest, darkest caverns of of Nerve, Kaji brings the cargo, which was in this suitcase. Uh, And inside, we have a very large human embryo that he claims is Adam. It is kept in basculite to to Gendo. He says it is the key to the human instrumentality project. And Gendo also refers to Adam, not as an angel, but as uh, the first human. Yes. Um, and then we end with a, a lighthearted scene of Kensuke and Toji saying, like, yeah, Asuka, she sucks. I hope we never see her again. And then record scratch.
0: <laughs> there she is. It, yes. She is now their roommate or her classmate. So, we, yeah, um, next episode... <laughs> But uh, in the dub, <laughs> Toji refers to, uh, yeah, she was cute and all, but she turned out to be a real female dog. If you know what I mean. <laughs> they they translated his bitch in mind. Okay, there's no point.
1: He he's picking up too much of Shinji's bad mouth.
0: <laughs> um,
1: <gasps> but that's the introduction to Asuka. and that's you know again, I think one of the, I think when people talk about Evangelion in, like favorite episodes, like I feel like this is. This and like this sort of block that's coming up are ones that people talk about in reference.
0: Yeah, this is I think like from here till about like episode like thirteen, fourteen. I think it's all like monster of the week, kind of what you would expect from like an of giant robot versus monsters anime series. Uh, so it was so with the introduction of Oscar, we get our our classic in anime uh, red oni blue oni dynamic. Uh, with, we have the red-haired girl and the blue-haired girl. She has the giant red robot. And we will see eventually, that I believe, uh, Unit Zero gets refitted with blue armor. So yeah, so we get these sort of the hot-headed and then the, the cool-headed characters, and then Shinji is just kind of stuck in the middle <laughs> with his, his indecisiveness. Um, uh, I want to point out that I think one thing that also kind of gives you a little bit more insight into Asuka's character is the type of progressive knife she has. Um, her, her like, close combat knife for her Reva is basically a box cutter. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Japan, especially, um, the box cutter kind of has a bit of a connotation of being the weapon of crazy girls. huh? huh because it is something that is very easy to get hold of. It can also be very, very dangerous because, you know, it's a, you know, a retractable uh, razor blade, basically. So while you can't get weapons a lot of the times very easily in Japan, you can't get yourselves a, a box cutter. And, you know, there are actual like instances of, you know, teenage girls attacking classmates with box cutters. Um, I think there's some actually pretty infamous cases out there that, uh, I don't have the exact details on, but it, it, they are out there. Um, and it shows up in other anime. Um, but yeah, I, that's something that I've always kind of noticed is that hers is a box cutter and that sort of connotation there. I yeah, did not, did not know
1: that about that connotation. Uh I love these angels. I want to find out their names. So Gagiole is, I didn't find much. There's nothing specific about this particular name. Um, I did find the meaning of it, uh, which means, so I guess there's this thing called Theophori, which is the idea of like adding God or of God to proper names. Like Mm. the EL is kind of a, I think in Latin probably is right. Uh, so Gagio, uh, means roaring beast of God, huh. which makes sense with the jaws and everything. And then, I mean, speaking of jaws, they very, very similar plot points from the you movie Jaws. Yeah. Yep. Um, catching it off like a big cable and kind of being thrown around by it. Uh, Jaws dies from an explosion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, a barrel gets shot. It grabs onto an explosive barrel. Uh, Brody shoots it. You would think someone would say, "Smile, you son of a bitch!" In this episode,
0: uh, I think I think they're they're too busy saying, "Open, uh, <laughs> and... open!" You son of a bitch, Shinji yeah. should have said it. Yes, <laughs> foul mouth,
1: Shinji. <laughs> oh, don't sailor, Shinji. Um, and then the only thing other thing is that like. This has been, in recent popular media, uh, a sort of a testament to the lasting nature of Evangelion. Is, uh, so in the recent Godzilla vs. Kong movie from, what, 01, I believe? Um, director Adam Wingard specifically said that there, there is a scene where uh, Kong is being transported on an aircraft carrier, and Godzilla comes up to attack uh and this it's a direct reference and homage to this episode of Evangelion. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, okay.
1: That and then he he does uh he also get uh spoilers for that movie, Mechagodzilla shows up and like the main bad guy at one point says get in the robot to someone.
0: <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> you weren't extremely excited? <laughs> I don't like the look of that mecha Godzilla it's not... I, really, I really did not like the look of that mecha Godzilla. It
1: was not great. I will if we can talk about that movie for a second, I will say i'm glad glad Godzilla won. I'm glad there was like a definitive like winner before they did the mm-hmm. team up
0: yeah, yeah um I honestly i think. The only Mechagodzilla design I've ever really liked has been the um, the Kiryu Mechagodzilla, the one from, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, I think all the other Mechagodzilla designs are bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, uh, you want a Mechagodzilla with, like, turrets on the shoulders.
0: Turrets on the shoulders. There's just something about the way that it is designed. Like, even if you took off those shoulder turrets, it just looks cooler than... The weird sort of, like, Transformers-esque Mechagodzilla we got in that film. Yeah, it is weird that, like, it being essentially a vehicle, how
1: boxy they made it. And, it, and I guess it's more of an homage to the first Mechagodzilla, which is very much a toy robot mm-hmm. look. But yeah, I'm looking at the the Kaji Godzilla now, and I'm like, oh, so uh, power armor. Power armor Mechagodzilla. Yeah. Which is a good look. Yeah. <sighs> Liquid uh, look, we need a liquid metal Mechagodzilla, <laughs> played by
0: Robert Patrick. Mm. <laughs> uh. Come can turn can disguise itself as other ga- kaiju. Yes, um, the, the Mechagodzilla one million. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go to Universal Studios. Yep. Oh my! <laughs> that look that that ride rolled. I got to go on it once. <laughs> it kicked he ass. Got these it's act- more of a stage show than anything.
1: True. It, but like t 800s pop out and they fire blanks into the yes. audience. It's, it's very cool. Ah, <laughs> uh, theme park stage shows. Um Okay, so anything else
0: <laughs> on, on this episode? Uh, um I mean we you do see a lot of like the names of these ships and like I guess what they're codenamed with the Shakespeare plays, but you actually do get to see what they are called when they show them on, like, the the radar display. So, like, there's um, a bunch of... It's just, like, a mix of of different ships. Um, Apparently, the Over the Rainbow was actually the Harry S. Truman, which is a Nimitz-class aircraft carrier, uh, but has been renamed or codenamed to that. Um, There's... uh, I do think it's neat that you get to see... When when they're underwater, that the area they're in is actually just sunken Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was actually pretty cool. There's, there's a bunch of like destroyed buildings and homes and things like that down there that they're getting bumped into. Um, you you get to see a lot of Asuka kind of like psyching herself up too. Like she tells herself like, "All right, all right, you can do this." Like you get from very early on, you get a like she's jealous, but she's also very insecure. Uh, just kind of generally she kind of has to like hype herself up to to do the stuff she can um which kind of gives you a a a good insight to her character she seems big and blustery but actually she is just as if not more messed up as the rest of everybody else yeah Um,
1: it's it's a good mix
0: um uh, i when when kaji asks shinji the very inappropriate question everybody but shinji is like super (laughs) shocked
1: It's just like yeah, whatever. Very good faces in this episode. Yes, very fun. Incredibly good faces. Enjoy um, it while it lasts. Enjoy the fun
0: while it lasts, kids. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, you just sucked into a another dimension, and everything mm-hmm. goes to shit. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I th- there's not a whole lot uh, in uh, uh, like that I could really find for like notes and things like that for for the episode. It's just like this is the big introduction of Oscar her classic catchphrase, on Tabaka, are you stupid? <laughs> um, that kind of deal. But yeah, it's a, it's a great episode to think like, while, while Romeo and like that whole plan is probably like my favorite kind of like concept and like favorite angel in the series, this might actually be like one of my favorite episodes Ooh. just from just how like good it's animated, mm-hmm. how fun and easy of a uh, an episode it is to watch. Um, yeah, it's just a, a really good episode. This might be this one might be my favorite out of this bunch with um, Ray 2 being my second favorite. Yeah.
1: I'd probably lean more heavily on, on Ray 2 um, mm-hmm. for this block of episodes. As much as I love a Jet Jaguar
0: reference.
1: Yes. It's um, yeah, very, very good block of episodes.
0: Uh, thank you all very much for, for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, next time... Uh, we'll be covering episodes 9, 10, 11, and 12, so if you're watching along with us, go ahead and get those. That's going to be uh, in English, both of you dance like you want to win, a.k.a. mind-matching moment. Uh, episode 10, Magma Diver. Uh, in Japanese, it's also known yeah. as Magma Diver. <laughs> um boy, the preview image on Wikipedia for the episode (laughs) is something. Um, Episode 11 is the day Tokyo three stood still, uh, AKA in the still darkness. And then episode 12, she said, don't make others suffered for your personal hatred, AKA the value of miracles. So go ahead, grab those, watch them. And then uh, we will see you back next month. In the meantime, if you want to let us know how, you're, how we're doing, if you want to give us any personal insight, you got any like trivia you want to pass along, feel free. You can email us at thinkingtoohardpod at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at thinkinganime on Twitter for however long that lasts. <laughs> I feel like we've been yeah. saying that for like <laughs> months yeah. and months now. It's just constantly. <laughs> <sighs> um, you can tweet at me personally. On Twitter, um, at Kamenotaku Otaku. That's K A M E N O T A K U. Uh, yeah, and that's that's mainly where you can find me, Aaron. I know you're not really on Twitter much anymore, but you got anything else going on? Uh, I certainly do.
1: We have uh my other podcast, uh, with Vince White, Kame House Party. We're watching every episode in iteration of Dragon Ball and doing improv comedy based around that. Um. Still deep in the Android saga, I think a certain green bug man might show up here soon. <laughs> um, we are also over on Twitch, Twitch.tv slash My House Party. Uh, we're streaming every Wednesday for the most part, uh, a variety of games and having a variety of fun. But yeah, that's that's the that's the main thing I got going on online these days. Awesome!
0: It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's nothing. You just passed 300-something episodes. We did. <laughs> it's, it's wild. It hasn't stopped Absolutely yet wild. somehow. <laughs> it kept going. <laughs> you got to at least get through all of Z before you can call it quits, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, let us all know what you think there. You can also rate and review us on iTunes, on wherever you get your podcast. If it has a rate and review feature please do so. That helps us move up and down in the ranks. This helps us become more visible. Tell a friend, if you're listening to this, tell a friend about thinking too hard about anime. Like, hey, you like, you like anime? Question mark? Check out this show. It'll help you, help your brain think a little bit more about what you're watching. Um, yeah. So, uh, until then, I have been Noah Carden. I've been Aaron J. Shelton. And we've been thinking too hard.